0: Um, I would like to ask you this morning if you have access to a Bible. I hope you brought your own personal Bible, but if you didn't, if you have access to a Bible, I'd like for you to, to uh, secure one and get one close by because I have a few passages that are a little longer than, than ordinary, than I usually use, that I'd like to refer to, and that the subject is going to be sort of difficult. Now, I'm, I'm talking, I believe... To believers in Jesus Christ, to those who are members of the Church of Christ, or the church that belongs to Jesus Christ. Now, if you if you have not submitted yourself to Jesus Christ, if you I believe you believe in Him, that's why you're here, and you have not confessed His name, you should do that if you believe in Him, and then be baptized into Jesus Christ and be added to the church, as we're told in Acts chapter two, at verse. 42. The Lord added to church daily those who are being saved, and those who are being saved are those who believed that Jesus was the Christ, repented of their sins, and were baptized. Now, with that out of the way, let me me hasten to tell you that when you come into the kingdom of Christ, which is the presence of Jesus, you're you're in Jesus Christ. He, He is the kingdom. When you come into him, things are different radically drastically different in your life or should be now because of this because it is different it is a faith-based life if you live in an ordinary life in the ordinary course of things you're not living a faith-based life you're living a life of things that are natural around you but when you come into Jesus Christ, there's going to be a great big change in your life because it is faith-based. His world is governed by faith. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, We walk by faith and not by sight. Okay. So that means what we are normally accustomed to is not going to govern us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, in this same book, in this same chapter... Paul said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. So things are going to be new. And things are going to be very different for you. For all of us. Jesus repeatedly warned us that it was going to be different in his life while he was here. It was going to be different than what we expect. For instance, the the things that we think are obvious in our world, are very different in his world. Uh, when you're in Jesus, you have to think and, and feel and see things radically different. The chosen text is a good indicator that we that we read in Luke chapter 6. That's a good indicator of some of the differences. A parable that illustrates some of this is in Matthew chapter 20. Now, Jesus was setting forth a parable about a man, a householder, who was hiring different individuals to work in his field. And the, the, at the beginning of the day, he hired a man for a penny. And the third hour came along, and he hired another fellow, and he offered him a penny, or it's called a penny in the, in the King James. And then in the three more times, three different times, three more times in the day, he offered uh, different men the same price. And then at the 11th hour, he offered the same price for that man to work. And when the time came for them to be paid, all the fellows lined up and the fellows that came in first said, hey, it's not fair that you're giving them the same amount that you're giving us. Now, I'll tell you what, friends, that's different. That is different. And the reason you're going to have to see this is that it has nothing to do with the individuals receiving the money. It has to do with the individual who is giving the money. There's the difference. Now, in Luke chapter 9, verse 48, Jesus said, He that is least among you all, the same shall be greatest. He that is first shall be last, is what he said in Matthew chapter 20. And as a matter of fact, as you read the New Testament, you'll run across the fact that Jesus said, if you want to come into the kingdom... You have to become like a little child. So the the grown man has to be a little man, a little guy. Now that's different. That concept, the concept was so radically different in the beginning of the preaching of the gospel that when Paul and his company, and Paul preached all over the world, the known world at that time, he came into the area of Thessalonica in Macedonia, which is north and east of Greece, modern day Greece. He came to Thessalonica, and as he was preaching, it so upset these people that they said, Hey, they, they got a crowd together, and they began to shout, this, These guys have come here that are turning the world upside down. Has your world turned upside down in Jesus? If it hasn't, it should have. And so that's what we want to talk about. That was found, by the way, in Acts chapter 17, and at verse 6. We're talking about rewards. And when we talk about rewards, we're talking about benefits. When you get a job, you know the first thing, one of the first things you think of is, what are the bennies? What are the benefits in this job? What do I have? The benefits are in a number of different facets of it. The wage that you have, and the time off that you get, and the coverage of insurance maybe that you have, and vacation time and so forth. What are the benefits of being in the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Are there any benefits? Yes. The Bible calls it a reward. We sang a lot of songs this morning that talk about heaven. There are two types of rewards that are taught in the New Testament. One is the reward you get now, and the other is the reward you get later. We need to enjoy the rewards that we have now. Jesus has provided reward for us. you say, well, sure, He took away all of my sins, and I have a clear conscience. That's great. That's wonderful. But there's more to the the rewards. We read the text. Greater your rewards, He was talking about in Luke chapter 6, and He talked about some things that we don't actually think about as rewarding. Well, ordinary rewards, I'll change this. Ordinary rewards will tell us that we we, uh, we get, in other words, if we do something that's good and outstanding, we get the glory of men. That's a reward, isn't it? Those are motivations. That That's what motivates us to do things. We are seen of men, and we appear to men. We appear the way we want to appear to men. What I'd like you to do now, while well, you have your Bibles, look in Matthew, and let's look in, in chapter... Chapter 6. Now, I'm going to start reading at verse 1. It says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. That means when you're giving something in charity, you're giving something to someone that doesn't have what they need. He said, Otherwise you have no reward of your father. Wow, now wait a minute. If I do it to be seen, I forfeit my reward from God. But I'm getting another reward, aren't we? I am being seen of men and I'm getting my glory. I'm letting people know, look what a generous soul I am. And that's satisfying to me in the ordinary course of events, isn't it? It is satisfying. It makes me feel good about myself. Now, we could deny that, but there, it's there. So he says, don't do your alms before men. Because if you do your alms before men for their glory, you've got your reward. Now, we'll read on. Therefore, when you do your alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. I say, unto you, they have the reward. Okay. But when you do your alms, let not your left hand know what your right hand's doing. You know what he's saying. He's not saying you can't, can't know what your left and right hand is actually doing. What he's saying is, it's a natural thing. It just comes naturally. You're just going to do it. You're going to reach in for your wallet. It doesn't make a sense whether you're left-handed or (laughs) right-handed. It's just something you're going to do. And you're not going to think about it. That's what he's saying. Okay. That your alms may be in secret. And thy father which sees in secret himself will reward you openly. Ah, you're going to get a reward. Glory of men? No, that's not what you're going to get. For somehow, somehow, when you give alms, when you give to charity, to someone who needs something, you're going, to, you're going to get a reward. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. It's an easy thing to see when you see it. Okay, when you pray, verse 5, Don't be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Okay, so they're getting what they want. They want to be seen of men. They want to be seen as holy, righteous, upright. When when people come in your home, put Bibles out so they'll know that you're righteous. (laughs) Let people know what kind of a religious person you are. That's what he's saying here. But he said, when you do that, What happened? You get your reward. What reward is that? You are seen of men. He said they like to pray on the street corners. They have the reward. But you, at verse 6, when you pray, get in your closet. When you shut the door, pray to your Father which is in secret. Thy Father which sees in secret will reward you openly. You're going to get a reward. Did you know that? You're going to have a reward when you pray in secret. Let's go on. Verse 16. When you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Well, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Okay. So now then, I'm suffering, I'm a martyr. I'm having a hard time. I'm really, really, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the will of God and I'm, I'm doing, His, doing what He wants me to do. And, and look, it's really costing me a lot to do that. It's really costing me a lot to get up early on Sunday morning and go to church. It's costing me to read my Bible. It's really, it's really grieving my soul to have to do things that God wants me to do. Well, he says, you do that, you let everybody know you're suffering for that, that you're a martyr, as a matter of fact. You've got your reward. It's satisfying. It is satisfying to know that people admire you. You see? That's what he's talking about in a reward. Now then, what he says is, I've I've got other rewards for you. See if I can get this. Oops. Heaven rewards are what? God gives it to you in secret. You get it secret. You don't get it openly. That's not how you're going to get your reward. And it's going to be personal, individual. You're not going to get a reward as a group. You're going to get a reward as an individual, secretly, personally, and it's going to be satisfying. It's going to be satisfying. And you're going to feel good about it. Matter of fact, everything we do in this life is motivated by how it makes us feel. Are you, you following me? If you don't feel good about what you're doing, you're going to quit it. You're going to stop it. And you're going to find something else to do that makes you feel better. Well, here's the thing. God said, I'm going to give you something to do that will make you feel good. And it will satisfy you. You'll be satisfied. Now, the things that are that ordinary about ordinary rewards. Let's see if we can... Did I go? I went too far. Let me stay right here for just a minute. Just to keep our minds on this. I want to go back to Matthew. Uh, well, I, I went through those now, I want to. I want to think about something just a minute before we get too far along here. The rewards that we have, as we've seen here, recognition. I do things because I'm recognized for doing it notoriety, I want people to know about me, I want adulation, I want people to tell other people what kind of person I am, and I want appreciation. I want to be appreciated for what I'm doing. If I'm not appreciated, I'm not going to do it again. Right? Isn't that what we do? I'm just telling you things that we know that we do. Okay, now I just want to catch up on that one. The heaven rewards, however, are satisfying. If we expect a benefit for the life we are called to live, it's reasonable. We should. If we're called to live a life with Jesus Christ, we sh- it should be reasonable that we can benefit from that life. And we do, because he says, great are your rewards. Now, Jesus said, he came to give us life, and that more abundantly, so there is such a thing as an abundant life. now, where do we get it that's what we have, that's what we think have to think about it's a mistake for us to think that God does not reward us because he does reward us. He gives us the reward just as he promised. before I introduce the uh, this the next chart though, here's a saying that you may be familiar with. And that saying is doing good is reward enough in itself. You ever heard that? You may have heard it in different ways. And if you go on the internet and you look at you google this this idea of doing good, you'll find that there're a lot of philosophers that talk about doing good and they have a lot of different quotes about doing good and so forth, but most of them involve what you get in reciprocation for your good what you benefit from from your good that's what you're gonna what they talk about pass something on so that you can benefit from what you passed on but in the in the world of jesus that's not how you get your reward whether anybody ever appreciates you for what you did or not has nothing to do with your reward whether or not you're ever recognized for it has nothing to do with your reward Whether or not people praise you has nothing to do with the reward that you get right now. Has nothing to do with it. As a matter of fact, doing good makes you something that is rewarding. Now basically what this means is that that doing the right thing and the good thing is a great benefit to ourselves regardless of the effects on others. It's doing good to ourselves regardless of anything else. So that means when you live a life in Jesus Christ by faith, when you do what is right, it will benefit you regardless of whatever effects it has on anybody else in this world. It will benefit you. Now then, now let's look at that long text in Matthew chapter 5 that I want you to look at. This is the tricky one. So in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 38. You've heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Don't forget that particular point. Because that's what starts this whole thing. You've heard it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's talking about reciprocation or revenge. But I say unto you that you don't resist evil. Whosoever shall smite you on the right cheek... Turn to him the other also. If any man will sue you at the law, take away your coat, let him have your cloak also. Whosoever shall compel you to go a mile, go with him too. Give to him that asks you, and from him that would borrow of you, turn not away. You have heard it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. Sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same. If you salute your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And so that's my next chart. If I can get it. Be like your Father. That's what this is all about. Now then, he's talking about reciprocation. And he's, he's telling his followers to be who they are, regardless of what anybody else does. Be who you are. Are you a generous individual? Be generous. It doesn't make any difference whether anybody likes you or not. Whether anybody comes along and says, oh, you're a wonderful, generous individual, or someone takes advantage of you, he's saying, be who you are. You are the children of your Father. You follow? Well, if I'm that, if if somebody takes advantage of me, He's saying here, if somebody smites you on the right cheek, turn your left and also, he's not talking about getting mugged in a dark alley somewhere. He's not talking about a kid getting bullied on the school ground. He's not talking, he's not talking about violence that just comes along accidentally. He's talking about when something bad happens to you, somebody does something bad to you, and that, what could be worse, somebody comes up and slaps you? He says, don't let it turn you into the type of person that would never let it happen again. He's not telling you to turn your face over and let him just keep whacking you. He's saying, don't let this affect you. If it affects you, look at what what God is saying. He's saying, "Be, be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 says, you're all, the, you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So you're a child of God. He's saying, do not take revenge for this. Don't let it eat you up. Don't let it diminish you. Don't let it make you smaller than you are. And he talks about the same thing. You lend money to somebody and they don't pay it back. So what do you do? I'm never going to lend another penny to anybody. You see what we're talking about? What advantage is that? You know what? If I'll do that, if I'll just be open and generous, it doesn't make any difference whether people pay me back or thank me or anything else. It doesn't make any difference. I feel good about myself. Don't you? You feel good about yourself. You know what that is? That's a reward. Ah, there we have it. That's your reward. You are satisfied with what you're doing. There's a great satisfaction that comes from not taking revenge. There's a great appreciation of yourself. That's secret. Nobody else knows it. It's just between you and God. But it is a reward. Now you feel better about yourself. You feel good about yourself. Someone comes along and says, Well, I'm going to sue you at the law. I'm going to take your coat. He said, well, give him your cloak also. What he's talking about is don't let this so sour you, this experience, that you never open yourself up to anybody else. You see? You become a, a, a miserly individual. You say, ah, I'm, I'm not going to socialize with anybody because they may sue me and take my coat. He said, don't worry about that. Give him your cloak too. What he's saying is don't become such an individual... That you have diminished yourself, you're like me, He says, be perfect. I sent my rain on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the good and it shines on the bad. How about you? You should be the same, he says. Now why, Lord? Because it'll make you a better person. It sure will. and it'll make you appreciate yourself, it sure will. It'll make you feel satisfied with what you've done. It sure will. And of course, the same thing goes with forgiving. He talks about forgiving your enemies. If you forgive your enemies, it, it probably doesn't do your enemy any good. It doesn't do anybody else any good. And somebody comes along and says, "Well, have you forgiven your enemy lately?" None of your business. But it's my business, and I feel good about it. And I don't have to tell you about it, but I feel good about it. I feel like I, I, have, I have gained, and I have gained the advantage. That God has rewarded me for what I've done. He, he talks about several things here, and you say, "Well, are these people just going to get away with this? What about what about the person that doesn't pay you back when you loan him something?" Let, let me tell you, just I'll tell you something real quickly, something personal. When I, was, when I was a younger Christian, I, I didn't know really what you should do or shouldn't do when somebody came along and asked you for money. You know, and I, I was associated sometimes with uh, other preachers, and folks would come by the church building, and they'd come in and say, Well, uh, can you help us? And so, you know, the first thing you'd want to know is, Well, if we help you, well, well the, basically what they're saying was, can you give us some money? We're, we, we started out on a trip. My mother's sick and she's dying. She's back in New York. And uh, we don't have enough money, gas money. We don't have enough money to get there. Will you give us some money? And so you say, oh, well, okay. But let me know when you get there. You see? I want, I want to know that it did some good. Well, you know, the first, what it did good was, when I gave it, that did the good. That's all the good it should have done. I don't care whether they got there or not. Basically. I hope they did. But to, to tie my reward onto their response is what this text is saying don't do. Do not tie yourself and what God has given you to ways someone would reciprocate. Well, I, owned, I loaned the money. They didn't, they didn't pay it back. So what? He says, loan and don't expect anything back. You see the point? Don't let anything diminish you as an individual in Jesus, in His kingdom. You are a child of God. You're a child of God. He said, Okay, somebody compels me to go a mile. He said, Go with them too. Well, okay, so a brother comes along and says, Hey, how about coming over and helping me work on this or that or something else at my house." Okay, so I give them several Saturdays of my time and my energy and my effort and I go help them and then the time comes and I need something done at my house and they disappear. So what? So what? What happened was that I got the benefit of doing something good for someone And I didn't expect anything in return. If I expect something in return, I have my reward. But if I don't expect something in return, God gives me a reward. I am benefited by that. That's the benefit I have, that reward. What if Jesus was this way that sometimes we are ordinarily? Ten lepers came to Jesus, wanted to be healed. He healed ten of them. They all took off. One came back and thanked him. So Jesus said, okay, no more lepers. Not going to heal any more lepers. These guys are not appreciative. It didn't change him a bit, did it? He fed 4,000. Fed 5,000. They showed up again. They turned away from him and said, hey, we don't want to listen to what you have to say. What did Jesus do? Did it make a difference in him? Would he have not fed them? Would he have not done what he did for them? Would he not die on the cross? Somebody slapped Jesus. Did he take vengeance? You see, the Bible says we use hospitality without grudging. Whatever we do, we don't expect something in return, and we don't begrudge people. Well, okay, I gave somebody, I gave some, gave him some money to eat on. As a matter of fact. Bought them some food down at the restaurant. We were there, and so I bought them some food. And what did they do? They never came back and thanked me. So what? The reward I had was doing it. That was my reward. That was the appreciation I felt within myself. Because that's what God said. Don't anticipate a reward. I'll give you your reward. You got your reward. It's great in heaven. Now, here's the text I want you to read with me. This is interesting. is interesting. Matthew chapter 25, that's why I had you get your Bible out, because of these long texts. But in Matthew 25, at verse 31, and this one I want to, want to really have you pay close attention to, because something's going on here that's not real obvious. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, that's at verse 31, Matthew 25. Then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, He'll separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was hungry, you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Look at all the things they did. Now listen to this. This is the the kicker. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we you hungry, fed you, or thirsty, and gave you drink? When saw we you a stranger, and took you in, and naked, and clothed you? When saw we you sick and in prison, and came unto you? Jesus said, For as much as you did it unto one of the least, of these my brethren, you did it unto me. You know what was going on? These people were so accustomed to doing good things without expecting reciprocation that they weren't even aware of the fact that they were doing them. They weren't aware of the fact that anybody else knew that they were doing them. They said, when did we see this? That was part of their character. When you reach in your pocket to give something to someone and you do it automatically, you don't know what your left hand or right hand is doing, what's going on? God is going to reward you. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to to appreciate what God has given you. And you're going to understand and know that you are a child of God. These people didn't even know because it was so much ingrained in their character. They didn't even know that they were doing good. Nobody had to tell them. Jesus had to tell them. He said... Whenever you did it on the least of these, you've done it unto me. That's where we should be as a child of God. That's exactly where we should be. To be so concerned about doing good to others, our prayers, our alms, our thanksgiving, our relationship to those who are sometimes abusing us, that we do not let anyone make us smaller than we ought to be. Don't let a small-minded individual tear you down and make you less than you should be and less appreciative of who you are. You are a child of God. God help you be just exactly that. Let's stand and sing the song I selected.